values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, welcome back, everybody. Barry Markson with you. Thanks for joining us here on KTAR. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. And as, uh, as much as we are all enjoying the holiday season and our, our cool weather here, although not as freezing as the rest of the country, uh, we have a growing homeless issue here in Phoenix. It's been going on for years here and around the country. And uh, I'm very happy to have with us now Stacey Champion, who, uh, among other things, is an advocate for the homeless here in Phoenix. You've been doing this for a very long time. For a long time. And thank you so much for having me. And happy holidays to you and yeah. everybody else. Um, yeah, I've been doing kind of just volunteer uh street outreach for going on probably 15 years now it, in it, Phoenix. Yeah, and you're you're really um, you're out there with, with people who are homeless. I mean, yeah. if you follow Stacey, uh, Stacey uh, on, on social media and things, she talks about people that you met, the mm-hmm. needs that they have, helping people get into apartments, um, yeah. just helping kind of one at a time. Uh, yeah, hashtag one at a time. Yeah. I mean, and, and this year uh, I've had a really strong focus on uh, especially uh, on sheltered and first time for some of them uh, homeless older women uh, which is surging we have just a huge surge in unsheltered seniors because a lot of them because they're on fixed income and especially women whose social security is typically you know not as much because they didn't earn as much are just getting priced out of their housing so as rents go up uh, so they're they're renting an apartment or renting a house the landlord comes and says hey I'm raising your rent whatever it is, 400 bucks a month, they can't afford that. Right. And I mean, then, if you're on a fixed income yeah. and most of most of those people, you're talking about, you know, 900 to $1,200 a month. Yeah. And where do you even rent, you know, even right. a one bedroom apartment now for that and pay your bills and buy medication and buy food? Yeah, it's an, it's incredible. So it's an increasing yeah. homeless population and Arizona among the states with the worst uh, uh, increases in homelessness now. I'm just reading some mm-hmm. of these statistics. Uh, that I'm sure you already know, uh, but there's been a 21% increase in Phoenix Metro homelessness just since 2020, so in just the last couple of years. And for people, uh, it's not just the shelters, which has gone up almost 10%, but for people living on the street, uh, unsheltered, uh, it's gone up 30%, uh, 30% more people. Yeah, and if you look at stats from 2018, which is kind of when we started seeing rent really kind of skyrocket, um, the homelessness increase in our county region by 92%. Wow. It's incredible. So, yeah. Yeah. It's really it's really an issue here. It's, look, it's an issue in a lot of places around mm-hmm. the country. Uh, but Phoenix, are, you know, we talked about the inflation rate uh, nationwide was around 9%. It was over 13% in Arizona. Yep. And, and, it, and that's driven, a lot of it's driven by rent and by housing prices. And that's yep. what creates homelessness. And just a lack of affordable housing. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously COVID impacted folks because a lot of people were out of work too. And, you know, I, I think the large majority of people uh, live kind of paycheck to paycheck. And so one catastrophic event, whether it's, you know, your car taking a dump or, you know, a health emergency or some kind of a, you know, a a long term illness like cancer or any of these things can can very quickly escalate somebody into being unsheltered. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Uh, Stacey Champion joining us, a homeless advocate here in Phoenix. Um, And I want to bring this up 
now, and I'll bring it up again later. But you you do something that's great. You came in here today with with these two large uh, uh, plastic bags, kind of big big giant Ziploc bags, <laughs> yeah. and it's a it's a package of things that to hand uh, to homeless people who mm-hmm. people are out, that you meet on the streets, men or women. Uh, tell us a little bit about what's in these bags. Well, so I've had this kind of just ongoing Amazon wish list, yeah. and so people can purchase things, and there's a huge array of things on there that are um, both practical and uh, like you'll see some coloring books and word finds and little notebooks in there as well just you know to, to help people feel you know like, like they have yeah. something to do that yeah. makes them happy and uh, but so I, see, I see sunscreen in here I see mm-hmm. lip balm uh, there's socks in here there's, socks underwear yeah. uh, these bags are cold winter cold weather bags so they have uh, scarves and hats and uh, emergency those emergency blankets wow. that people can wrap themselves up in to keep you know their body heat yeah. um, masks uh, what else is in here? Little notebooks, rain ponchos, just very practical things yeah, that to people, just try to help people. People who are living on shelter, things they're going to need. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the winter bag, like you say, for, for now when we have what our cold weather here. Mm-hmm. But uh, I get that. So this is great, though. It, it's really direct giving. I mean, this it doesn't get any more direct than this. And right. you, you don't take any money for this. You do this entirely volunteer. Yeah, it's you, a pure love project. Yeah. It's like my therapy in church rolled into one. Right. Right. And there's no money. You're not. No one's giving you cash. You're literally just saying, "Hey, I have an Amazon wish list. If you buy things on the wish list, they get sent to my house. I make these bags and I give them to people who who need who yep. need this stuff. That's right. Or yeah. or if it's a people who are you're trying to help get into housing, um, they need some things to start when they find a house. Right? Yeah, it's like I that. just had two of those wish lists set up. There are two senior women who uh, who I helped get off the street this year. Um, one went into uh, finally it took. And, and this is the other thing people really need to remember. Uh, so both of these women, uh, neither has mental health issues, neither have addiction issues. Both of them had dogs. Wow. And, you know, both, one of one of them is in her mid-60s. The other one is in her mid-70s. Okay. And They're just living on the street now for the first time Well, one of them, I happened to find her on the very first night she would have been completely homeless and crowdfunded yeah. to... It, for her to be in a hotel until I got her resources. But so both of those women um, went then, once I connected them to resources, into kind of the the county uh, community bridges, hotel rooms that they have for vulnerable folks. Both of those women were in those hotel rooms for almost nine months wow. before we were able to get them into affordable housing. One okay. of them, I think, is maybe Section 8 or some you know, some yeah. one of the affordable housing. And then the other one, Casey, the woman in her 70s, she's now in a low income uh, senior housing. Yeah. But it took it's, almost nine months. It, it's really incredible if you think about, you know, we created the government, uh, the, you know, the United States created Social Security. I don't even know what it is, 100 years ago now mm-hmm. or, or 80 years ago, to, for, to avoid just this thing, that with the re, with the recession we had then, the depression, yep. um, not wanting our elderly to be living on the street, just just so they have enough to, to live. That, that's all. No no one's getting rich. No one's no one's flying off to the Caribbean, but just so they have a place to live and, and be able to eat. And now here we are, 80, 90 years later, and we're, we're right back there. We're 
some of our elderly folks who are very vulnerable don't have the money just to afford an apartment or a place to live. Yeah, it's, just it's really, to literally right. survive. So let me let's talk about this. Your Amazon wish list. You go to Amazon and it, you, there's a place on there. Do, do a search of wish list and it'll come up where you can find the wish list. It's called Help Phoenix Homeless. And if you go on there, I'm on there now. You can see the you have deodorizing wipes. You have big packs, 24 packs of of warm gloves. Uh, these are not expensive. Things are twenty eight dollars, twenty five dollars for bulk. And mm-hmm. then you you make sure they get out to the people. You're out there doing this all the time. It really is amazing what you do. And uh, obviously, if you Thank want to you. give to the shelters, you want to give. There's other great charities you can give to to to, to help. But this is going to go directly to people. You do this on, on your own time, of yeah. your own out of your own heart. It's just amazing. And I just encourage people go to Amazon, do the search of wish list, and find help Phoenix homeless. And, yep. uh, and if you ask my uh, my kids, they're regularly annoyed because my car is always full of stuff <laughs> to pass out to people. And, and I, I know you're in the summer. It's a whole different pack, right? Yep. It's, it's water and sunscreen and shade and, and other things. And uh, w- one day we'll have you back and we'll talk about what Phoenix should be doing. How do we create all this additional housing? What do we do to help people who are who are living um, on the streets? It's yeah, difficult. I mean, I think there's a lot more we need to do. I, uh, I yesterday was actually kind of the homeless uh, remembrance people's day, okay. and I tweeted last night uh, because I also had track, you know, track things with I have ongoing records requests. So 1,187 deaths wow. as of Nove- November in Maricopa deaths. County, just in Maricopa just County this year. Of just homeless people. Correct. Wow. It's a real issue here in Maricopa County. Stacey Champion, thank you. It's on Amazon, Help Phoenix Homeless. I'm going to put it on my Twitter, the link, so you can click right on it and go right to it. And if you want to help this holiday season, uh, just to provide things that the people on the streets need, uh, Stacey will make sure it gets to them. Thank you so much. Thanks, Stacey. All right, we'll be right back. Uh, Did you hear this? That's coming up next, right after Jeff Munn in the news. It's KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, it's that time. Did you hear this? We gave you the four biggest headlines of the day. Jess is here, and we'll give you some comments on it. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. Yesterday, Governor Ducey apparently made an agreement with the federal government to remove shipping containers placed on the border. The governor's office released a statement saying that it's working with the government to remove the containers in order to pave the way for construction of a different border barrier. It comes just a week after the government sued Governor Ducey and the state for placing the containers there. Do you think the federal government will follow through on their promise to build some sort of barrier to replace the containers? Yeah, I think they're going to do it. Um, They've been talking about it uh, for a little bit. I think that's a plan. It's not something that goes up right away. But, um, you know, this is this is kind of wild. I mean, we've we've been doing this for now for two or three months. The state of Arizona has spent eighty two million dollars putting these shipping containers out there. And now we're taking them down with no guarantee the wall is going up. No deadline when it has to go up. Uh, It's basically Governor Ducey acknowledging what he did was illegal and improper. And as soon as the government and sued one week later, he caved in. He caved. I mean, it's incredible. Um, I'm mostly upset that we spent all that money on something that was really just a waste. Election lawyer Tom Ryan joined you earlier this morning on the ongoing trials for Carrie Lake and Abe Homiday. And this is what he had to say on the Lake trial so far. 
to put it in technical terms, no, yeah. nothing. It's it's uh, you know, the, the expert witnesses, not one of them have identified malintent, uh, right. meaning that or a bad actor, or or even they can't even identify the number of votes that have been affected. Is that a good description of what you've seen so far in the trial? Yeah, it really is. And you have to remember the you know, Carrie Lake has to prove uh, intent. She has to prove that Maricopa County intentionally took steps to harm her campaign to make her lose and that what they did worked and it changed the outcome of the election. I said from the very beginning it's an incredibly high standard. Uh, I don't I think it's impossible, frankly, uh, but I will say the evidence she's presenting at trial uh, is <laughs> lacking is a nice way for me to say it. <laughs> All right, it's Did You Hear This? We give you the four biggest headlines of the day and some commentary. Uh, Jess is back there taking care of us for you today. What's next, Jess? Winter weather is impacting most of the country's travel plans. So far, we've got more than 1,200 cancellations. Chicago topping that list with more than 550. And then you've got Denver with more than 300. And when you look at tomorrow, already more than 700 cancellations. Detroit, New York, and Chicago, they are facing the biggest problems. Ooh, 700 cancellations. Yeah. How happy are you to live in Arizona? I'm pretty happy. I mean, when you talk about <laughs> it, you hear the reports of this cold snap that's going on. It's a historic, they say it's a once-in-a-generation cold front uh, that they describe as going across the entire country. The south is going to get snow. It's freezing. Record lows. Temperatures dropping 60 degrees in like a few hours. Crazy stuff. And I checked Arizona weather, and it's going to be 10 degrees warmer by Christmas than it was three days ago. So we live in a pretty nice uh, place. Christmas, 70 degrees and sunny. Welcome to Arizona. <laughs> a mother wanting to supervise her daughter's Girl Scout troop field trip to see the Rockettes Holiday Spectacular was met with a big no from security thanks to facial recognition. It was pretty simultaneous, I think, to me going through the metal detector that I heard that over a loudspeaker. I heard them say, woman with long dark hair and gray scarf. I was asked my name. And I was asked to provide my identification. Do they say something about facial recognition? I believe they did. I believe they said that our uh, recognition picked you up. The woman works for a law firm that is in litigation with a Madison Square Garden entertainment entity, which was their stated purpose for kicking her out. As a lawyer, what would you have done? Well, look, it's a private venue. They're allowed to kick people out if they want to. I think they should let the law firm know that this is what they're doing so they don't run into this issue. Uh, it's ridiculous, frankly. She's not suing them directly. It's a law firm. She's not even suing where she went. It's a different entity. Uh, but the bigger issue for me is this facial recognition. So you, now you have private companies that are doing facial recognition when you walk in. And who knows where that goes? Are they sharing that with the federal government? I mean, you want to talk about privacy concerns. Uh, it's not all that difficult to follow us all around all day long uh, between cameras on the freeways, cameras on the streets, cameras, uh, security cameras in front of stores, in front of people's houses. I mean, you see it on TV. Yeah. It's real. This is real. This, I know. It's like something out of China. It really is. I mean, this lady walked into Matt, she walked into a, a, to see the Rockettes play a, their Christmas show and facial recognition identified her and security swarmed her like she was some sort of a terrorist. She was a mom taking her kid to a Christmas show. Insane. It's really changing. All right, there you have it. Did you hear this? Jess Welch uh, brought that to us, and uh, thank you for that. Coming up, uh, Jeff Munn's standing by. He's got all sorts of new news uh, for you. Not the old news, Jeff. Don't give any more old news. New news coming up in this break. And then right after that, I'm going to give you an update on what's happening in the Kerry Lake trial, day two of the election trial uh, in the governor's race. Uh, we'll let you know where we are, uh, how much longer we have to go, and uh, when we can hopefully expect to get uh, a decision by the court. Stay with us. I'm Barry Markson in for Broomhead. It's KTAR.
values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Peanuts. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm Barry Markson. Thanks for being here, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Hope you're having a wonderful uh, holiday season. It's a great day in Arizona. Clear blue skies. Going to be mid-60s today. Uh, Going to be 70 degrees on Christmas Day. Uh, we have a great rest of the week lined up weather-wise here in Arizona. Most of the country not doing well. Record cold. But we're uh, we're okay here in Phoenix. Make sure you send little pictures back on Facebook to all your, uh, all your relatives. Um, if you're heading to the airport, check your flights. A lot of flights are being canceled or delayed because of the weather in other parts of the country. So make sure you're taking a look at that. Uh, and I, I want to bring up the date on what's happening in the Cary Lake lawsuit. I will say out of the Hamaday suit, there was an emergency hearing this morning. Uh, Hamaday actually asked for a delay in the trial that is set to start tomorrow. The judge said no. So the Hamaday trial will begin tomorrow morning. It's a one-day trial. Uh, four counts remain in that. And I'm assuming that the Hamaday people and the county uh, and the state will do the inspection of votes, uh, of ballots that they've been talking about, that that will happen today. And the trial starts tomorrow. Uh, in the Cary Lake lawsuit for the gubernatorial case, um, you know, I, I just can't stress this enough. What this case is, basically, uh, is Cary Lake has a series of conspiracy theories. The judge threw out, that's the lawsuit, there were ten of them. The judge threw out eight of the ten. Uh, dismiss those. Uh, it, it's it's the opposite of the Hamaday suit. The Hamaday suit says we're not claiming fraud, we're not claiming manipulation or intentional wrongdoing. We're just wanting to make sure provisional ballots were counted. That's the basis of it. Because uh, he was so close uh, in that race, five hundred eleven votes separating. Kerry Lake lost by seventeen over seventeen thousand votes. She lost by so much that the automatic recount uh, didn't trigger, even though it was reduced to less than one. One percent, half of one percent, by the Republican legislature this past term, um, she lost by a bunch, and so she knows that just getting the you know counting provisional ballots that kind of thing is not going to be enough. There aren't enough provisional ballots in question, so she's her lawsuit is just a whole bunch of conspiracy theories. And what we're seeing now uh, that two of the two of the conspiracy theories survived to go to this this evidentiary hearing, this two day trial, and you don't see this very often. You don't see a situation where uh, a conspiracy theorist is asked to prove that their conspiracy theory is true in a court of law. And it's amazing to me that I, I said from the very beginning, the chances of her proving this are, are slim to none, uh, number one, because it's not true. But the, the people she's bringing in as her supposed expert witnesses, it's literally like she's just doing this to be online on Twitter. Um, today's expert, yesterday's expert was a guy who works with the My Pillow guy. Uh, he's the guy who says uh, who, who says the 2020 election was stolen, but without showing evidence. He was the lead expert when the My Pillow guy uh, did the Moment of Truth convention, where he invited all these data experts, all of these polling experts, all these people who do this for a living, uh, to a conference room and said, "We're going to give you the data. We're going to hand you the data, all of the electronic data, and and to show you, to prove to you that the election in 2020 was stolen." And they all get there, and they didn't present anything. Thing. Like what they presented was it was not it was garbage. It was literally garbage. Even his own people said it was garbage, that it was useless. And this the guy, the expert for Kerry Lake and for Hamaday is that guy. I mean, it's just incredible. So you're trying to prove a case, and instead of bringing in a legitimate expert, uh, you bring in this guy who calls himself a certified hacker. That's that's his expertise. Um, today they brought in a pollster, and the idea here is to try to show. 
that because the printer issue happened, they have Carrie Lake has to prove that the printer issue was intentional uh, and that it changed the outcome of the election. So they brought in polling experts. Uh, both sides have a polling expert uh, to say, here's why it changed. Kerry Lake's expert is is not an, an expert. <laughs> um, he's never been an expert in a court of law before. He's not certified as an expert uh, in a court of law ever. Um, he's he's never uh, written a paper or had anything uh, that's been peer reviewed. Uh, his polls, my little quote fingers are up, uh, are not even uh, addressed or acknowledged by polling sites that that have lists of five hundred different valid polling companies. He's not even on that list. Um, it, it, it was, and then the way he testified was just pure speculation. It was pretty. It was wild. It was. A guy on Twitter, uh, literally the, the 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 people's pundit. That was her expert. So it's just some guy on Twitter who says stuff that right wing people like and has been supporting Kerry Lake, and that's who they bring in as their expert witness. In any normal trial, he wouldn't be allowed to testify because he's not qualified. The judge here is letting Kerry Lake put everything in front of him. He's not keeping anything out. Go ahead and show it to me. I will decide how much weight to give it. That doesn't usually happen. So Carrie Lake is being given every opportunity possible to prove her case more than almost any other plaintiff. I've never seen something like this before. The defense just called their polling expert. And this <laughs> this polling expert is an actual expert. It's a guy named Mayer. Um, he's literally a Ph.D. from Yale with a background in applied mathematics. He's a professor of political science at uh, the U- University of Wisconsin. Um, he has scholarly work done, peer review articles done, uh, including polling and studies on wait times, because that's this whole thing, is where the wait times causing people not to stay and vote. He is literally an expert in this field. A re- and by the way, he has served as an expert on these ca- on these types of cases, election cases, wait time cases, multiple times. He's worked for Republicans and Democrats. He's worked for plaintiffs and defendants. He is a true expert. He's not biased. He looks at it and gives you his real assessment, his analysis based on what's happening. And what he says uh, is, number one, that tabulator malfunctions can happen. They happen all the time. They're common on Election Day operations around the country. It doesn't mean there's no indication of intentionality. Uh, It happens all the time. And he walks through the, the, the... voter reconciliation process, and he walked through why the plaintiff's so-called polling expert, uh, that his opinions were just speculation, because that's what they were. The poll this guy supposedly did uh, was not data-driven. It was it's, it's just his opinion that it must have been because there were wait times, it must have been it caused people not to vote. He literally said the plaintiff's expert, Polar, said that one in six people who intended to vote in Arizona on election day one in six didn't because of the wait times. Nobody has said that. Nobody. The whole thing's just, it's just amazing to me. So what you're seeing, I think, is the county and the state taking this very seriously. They're bringing in real people, real experts to deal with it. And Carrie Lake isn't. And you can draw your own conclusion as to why she's even bothering with this. Uh, I think it's to raise money because every I still get texts from her uh, asking me to donate money to, to her. Uh, I, every tweet she sends out with this stuff has a, a, a thing to, to donate more money. Uh, it's awful. And I, I actually feel bad for people, her supporters, older people, whoever it is, that are giving their hard-earned money to this scam, basically. it's, it's just It just bothers me uh, because it, you shouldn't do it. Um, but I will tell you that the, the defense expert here looks very solid. Um, <laughs> it, it's you know she says that the, the plaintiff's expert testified to a reasonable degree of mathematical certainty, and this person, the the, ex, the actual expert, says that doesn't mean anything. 
<laughs> she said that the plaintiff's expert is relying on jargon to give it a veneer of science behind his number, but there is no science. If you look at what he actually did, it's just his, he's just saying something without actual science behind it. It's unfortunate, but that's what we're dealing with right now. It'll all be over soon. So day two of the trial is today. It's a two-day trial. My expectation is after today, the judge will issue his written ruling tomorrow. I could be wrong. It may come in next week. I'm just saying that uh, if it was me, I would try to get it done so you're done before Christmas, but if it's the judge may need more time, and then we may not see it until after Christmas, which will be early next week. Uh, we will, of course, uh, keep you up to date as soon as it's the judge's decision is released here on KTAR, as well as ongoing updates today on day two of the trial. So stay with us for that. Coming up, uh, we're going to talk a, a little bit more about pickleball and uh, what happened in New York City and whether you play pickleball here in Arizona as we head towards Christmas. Stay with us, everybody. I'm Barry Markson. It's KTAR. <laughs> Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. All right. Welcome back, everybody. It's KTAR. I'm Barry Markson. Thanks for being here. Good song, too. My goodness, there's some good Christmas songs. Turn it up for a minute. Thanks for being here, everybody. Don't forget, coming up 2 till 6, it's Gatos and Chad. Uh, Steve Zinsmeister's here with uh, somebody else here. I can't remember anymore, but he'll be here. And uh, live and local, we have that for you here on KTAR. I hope everybody's having a great Christmas and uh, Hanukkah season. Uh, let me just remind you, Arizona has an incredible charity tax credit program. This is uh, an ability where you can give money to charity your money to charity, and you get it back from the state. As long as you have a job, if you have income, uh, and you owe taxes of at least that amount, you can you can do that. And um, there's all sorts of tax credits. Uh, you can do public school tax credits, private school tax credits. Uh, you can do tax credits to m- most charities that help people. Um, and then uh, those can go up to $800 per couple, $400 per person. And then for um, one of the biggest ones that I'd like, to, I'd like to support is for foster children. Arizona does a very poor job, in my opinion, of funding our foster foster children program. Uh, so what they've done years ago is they they offer a special tax credit uh, for uh, for organizations that help foster children uh, in Arizona. And I encourage you to take a look at some of these. There's there's several really good organizations that help um, that help uh, uh, foster children in Arizona. I believe uh, the credit now is is up to a thousand dollars per couple. But but check me on that. Uh, but I will tell you that uh, there are just some really incredible organizations. Um, uh, that do that one's called Arizona Friends of Foster Children, uh, and I encourage you to take a look at that. But if you're if you're this is a way that you can be charitable, you can feel good about yourself, you can give money to organizations that need it here in our community, um, and you do it for free. Uh, it's really it's really kind of an amazing thing, and I encourage you. It, it's basically you taking your tax dollars, uh, and instead of giving it to the government, you're going to give it to the charity of your choice. So uh, go to uh, go to the secretary's or excuse me, the Department of Revenue website. Uh, it's uh, AZ Arizona AZDOR. So it's Arizona Department of Revenue dot gov G O V, but it's it's all abbreviated. So A-Z-D-O-R for Department of Revenue dot gov slash tax hyphen credits. But if you just go there and 
you know, just type in Arizona Department of Revenue tax credits. It'll take you right there. And there's all sorts of explanations for how this works. But I find that most people don't even know Arizona has this, where you can give money to charities, to schools, public schools, private schools, foster kids. And it's all and you can you can stack these, by the way, you can do more than one. And it's all free, basically. If you have a job, if you have income, you get to give money to charity and you get it all back, uh, which is which is very nice. So I encourage you to take a look at that. Um, I will say we were going to talk about pickleball. There's a professional pickleball league that's been created. This is uh, this is pretty cool. And uh, there's 24 teams, one of them here in Phoenix, and it's owned by a whole bunch of our folks that we love. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald's one of the owners. Devin Booker from the Suns. Dirk Bentley is uh, one of the owners. Uh, Sam Fox from the restaurants. There's all sorts of folks locally who are part of this new pickleball team here in Arizona, uh, and it's going to be fun. If you haven't played pickleball yet or seen it, uh, check it out. It's it's fun. Pretty much anybody can do it. All, all, uh, all skill levels work. Uh, and now we're going to have professional pickleball here in Arizona. And I will tell you, I watched them for the first time recently. They're all It's all over online, but it's coming to TV now, um, and the professionals are really good. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Uh, don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at Barry Markson One at Barry Markson One. I'll be giving you updates on the Kerry Lake trial and tomorrow Abe Hamaday's trial. So check me out at Barry Markson One on Twitter. Uh, thanks to Jess Welch, uh, Welch she uh, uh, produced the big program today. Thank you, uh, Ed Cole. Uh, he uh, directed, took care of everything behind the glass. Thank you, Jeff Munn, of course, back there in the KTR uh, News Center, along with everyone uh, in our KTR studios uh, at our news center does an absolutely amazing job and they will continue to keep you up to date today on the news in Arizona including our ongoing election lawsuit so you want to stay tuned uh, and check in here at KTR throughout the day uh, and the weekend for the latest lots to get to uh, I'll be back next week uh, doing a little afternoon show action next week uh, but I hope everybody has a very Merry Christmas uh, and if I don't speak with you again a Happy New Year Happy Hanukkah to everybody who celebrates that I'm Barry Markson everybody have a great holiday season.